Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. The house of the Lord. Man. And uh, what, about, uh, what about Andre White's announcements? I've never heard anybody give announcements like that before. I was thinking maybe we should give an invitation. Somebody should get saved after an announcement like that. Yeah. And then I started thinking, his announcement, that's a lot more exciting than the message the Lord put on my heart today. And so, uh, so but uh, brother, thank you. Praise the Lord. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I want you to uh, kind of get your pen and paper in the ready position and I want to talk to you this morning, and I'll share a good bit of Scripture with you, but I want to talk to you this morning about a positive confession, about making a positive confession, saying the right thing, saying things that are good and wholesome and pure and encouraging and uplifting and edifying. And what I'll do this morning is I'll talk to you about a number of things. First of all, just a basic teaching out of the Bible concerning positive confessions. And then I'll give you some examples right out of the Bible uh, where positive confessions were made by uh, those who walked with God. And then I'll give you some encouragements uh, from some scientific research and discovery that's going on right now in the world. And then finally, I'll make a, a positive confession of faith over you as a church as we conclude the message today. Now, years ago, I preached a message on making a positive confession and how important it is to be positive. And when I finished, a lady walked up to me and she said, Pastor, I heard your message. I agree with you. I absolutely positively think we should be positive. So she said, I just want you to know I'm positive. I feel bad today. And I thought to myself, uh, that's not exactly what I'm talking about, but if it makes you feel better, then you can feel positive that you feel bad. But uh, first of all, the teaching. Salvation as we know it, according to Scripture, begins with a positive confession. Romans 10.9 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... Well, I tell you, let's just stop there. Let's, let's do that. Repeat after me. Jesus is Lord. All right, let's say it together. Jesus is Lord. Now, that's what it's talking about. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, you have to do more than just say it with your mouth. You have to believe in your heart. But confession is a part of the salvation experience. You have to come to the point where you believe it with all of your heart, and then you have to be willing to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He's the Lord of all, and He is your Lord. 
And then in 1 Timothy 6.12, the Apostle Paul said, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now Paul was saying that as we go through life and as we fight the battles and the struggles of life, it's important that we keep confessing the good confession of our faith. And then the last scripture as we look at the teachings part is Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast. Now when you hold fast to something, that means you hold on to it. You don't let it go. You grip it. You make it a part of you. You don't let it get away from you. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The Bible is telling us, don't ever stop doing it. Don't ever quit. Keep confessing Jesus and keep confessing your faith. Now, that's the basic teaching about making a positive confession. Now, what about the examples? You see, all through the Bible we find the servants of God making these great positive confessions of faith. And, and don't kid yourself for a moment. Things were bad back then also. The world was cruel and critical. Uh, the, the world was deadly and dangerous. But yet somehow, <clears throat> in the middle of all of that, these great men and women of God made these great, glorious, positive confessions of faith. For example, Psalm 23 begins with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It ends with, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now friends, that's what you call a positive confession. Uh, my class that I'm teaching right now on Wednesday night in Discovering Maturity, we're memorizing a portion of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. You know what the psalmist was saying? The psalmist was making a positive confession of faith. If the world unravels at the seams and falls apart, it's okay. My faith never was in the world. My faith is in God. He's making a positive confession of faith. And then when you go to the New Testament, <clears throat> what we find is the Apostle Paul was always making these positive confessions. For instance, in 2 Timothy 1.12, he said, For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. You see, Paul's making a positive confession that he doesn't even trust himself. He certainly doesn't trust the world. He's saying basically the same thing the psalmist said in Psalm 46 that I'm not worried about the future at all. I am confident that what I've committed unto Him, that He can keep against that day. And then, perhaps the most well-known positive confession in the whole Bible is found in Paul's letter to the Philippian church in Philippians 4.13. I want you to read it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a positive confession. 
That's a great positive confession. There's nothing negative about that. It's, it's completely absent of anything negative. And, and, and then to me, one of the most outstanding and moving confessions of faith to be found in the whole Bible is in Romans the 8th chapter, uh, verses 38 and 39, where the Apostle Paul said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, that's, that's shouting ground, isn't it? Man, that's a strong and positive confession of faith. Nothing Nothing, say nothing, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are great confessions of faith. Uh, Brother Charles was helping me look some of these up and, and he just gave me a list of these things. We don't have time to go over all of them, but I'm telling you our Bible is full of these great confessions of faith. Now, We've looked at the biblical teaching. We've looked at the biblical example. And now I want to I give you an encouragement that kind of surrounds some modern day research that's going on. I, and I want you to forgive me just a little bit because I, 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 I want to kind of do a little bit of a disclaimer before I start this. I want to take you on a little bit of a weird scientific journey that will drive home the point of how, how significant words are and how important a positive confession is. And, and then we'll make full circle and come all the way back to the Word of God. So, please don't write me off until you hear me through. There, there was an internationally renowned Japanese scientist by the name of Mozuro Emoto. He was an author, researcher, Photographer, uh, photographer, <laughs> you are too, you are laughing at me and you know you are, you know you are. He wrote a book that was a New York Times bestseller entitled, The Hidden Messages in Water, like a glass of water. The hidden messages in water. And he claimed in his research, he dedicated almost his whole life to this, he claimed that words and music and prayer and blessings have the power to change the molecular structure of water. Now, what he did, and I'm sure I won't do this justice, but you can look it up on the internet. It's easy to find. Uh, but in his research, what he'd do is he would take water. He'd take like a glass of water. And he would expose... Now, I told you this was kind of weird, so stay with me. He would expose that glass of water to good, positive, wholesome words. And good, wholesome music. And then maybe even prayers. Or maybe even somebody saying a blessing over it. And then he would take that water... <coughs> And he would freeze it. And then he would take pictures of the frozen crystals. 
And then he would take another glass of water and he would say mean, ugly things over that glass. He would say hateful things, ugly things. He would expose it to uh, all kinds of evil things and evil names. And then he would freeze the water and then he would take pictures of the frozen crystals. Now, again, you can find all of these on the internet and a hundred more of these, but I just want to show you. For instance, when he exposed water to heavy metal music and then would freeze it and look at the crystals, this is what it looked like. <clears throat> if, you, if you like heavy metal music, you probably like that, you know, I mean. When he exposed water to words like, you make me sick, I will kill you. This is what it looks like. When, when he would pronounce a name, this is getting out there, folks. When he, would, when he would pronounce a name of some evil person in the past, like Adolf Hitler, this is what it would look like. But when he would take a glass of water and he would speak over that glass of water, words like thank you and appreciation... <coughs> This is what it looked like. And, and when he would use words like love and honor and appreciation, then it would look like this. And then when he would call the name out of some good, godly person who had a reputation worldwide like Mother Teresa, this is what it would come up with. Now, when I read this, I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've ever read in my life. This is ridiculous. I mean, I've got all kinds of questions. First of all, one of my most basic questions I would ask when I look at this research is how does water know the difference between a good word and a bad word? Or how would water know the difference between a good song or a bad song? I mean, I think I do, but how does water know the difference? How would water know the difference between a blessing <clears throat> or a curse? And, and I kept thinking about that, and, and, then <clears throat> and then I even got more ridiculous. So I'm just, please bear with me. So then I went back and I started thinking about Genesis and reading about Genesis and how God created the world and He created the world with words, right? And then I started thinking when God created the world with words and He said, let there be light, how did light know what light looked like so it could become light? And when with His words He created water, how did water know what water would look like so it could become water? I don't know either. I don't have a clue. But here's what I do know, and here's what you know if you believe your Bible, and that is all of the elements in this world were created with a word. God spoke words, and the elements of this world were created. You can believe in the Big Bang Theory if you want to, but I still believe in the Big Book Theory. I believe in this one. God spoke words. Words. 
he would say, let there be and there was. Now there are those, like the scientist Emoto, who believe that words have an impact upon the elements around us and water was his focus. He believed that the elements were created by words and that words impact and alter the elements themselves at a molecular level. Now, needless to say, you'll find all, find all kind of criticism about his uh, scientific work. But here's what I want you to think about just for a moment. What if he's correct? Well, what, what if he's correct? And I think he is correct, and I'll tell you why I think he's correct in just a few moments. But, but what if he's correct? What if positive words create a positive influence upon water and make it something beautiful at a molecular level? And what if negative words have a negative effect on water and make it something ugly at a molecular level? Well, what difference would it make? Well, if you are drinking a glass of water, it might make a difference. By the way, it would give a new dimension to saying a blessing over the food, right? More than just giving thanks to God. Wouldn't you agree with me? That when we say a blessing over the food, uh, it's more than just thanking God for providing the food. We're actually saying a blessing over these elements before us, what we're about to eat and what we're about to drink, and maybe the power of our words are making a difference at a level that you and I can't even see. I want to tell you, I, I'm not sure I still believe all of this stuff, but the next time I drink a glass of water, after I read that, I said, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. You are a beautiful glass of water. You are attractive. I want to thank you for being here with me. I, 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 I blessed it. Now, I'm not sure, and this is not scientific, but I actually believe it tastes better. I'm, I'm just saying, I actually believe it tastes better. So I'm just asking you a question. What if this scientist is actually correct? What if our words, what if God created all the all the elements, the elements, the elements, elements with the word, and somehow slightly, not on a major grand scale, but somehow slightly the words we speak affect the elements around us? What if it affects water? Well, that could be a big deal. That can make a big difference. Did you know that your brain and your heart are composed of 73% water. And your lungs are about 83% water. Your skin contains 64% water. Your muscles and kidneys are 79% water. And even the bones are 31% water. I don't know how this will make you feel, but you're just one big glass of water. <laughs> minus the glass. 
That's what you are. That's what I am. In total, an adult body is about 50 to 65% water. Again, I'm asking you, what if every word you speak and every word spoken around you is affecting 65% of you at a molecular level? What if? Oh, and parents, you might want to listen to this. A baby, a child's body, is about 75% water. What if every word you speak to a child is literally and physically altering who they are? I love you. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are strong. You are amazing. What if those words are not just touching them on an emotional level, but physically creating something beautiful in them? What if? Now, this is why I think Emoto was right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy into that kind of research, but here's something I buy into right here. Right? I just read this other stuff, but this is what I believe. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, God says death and life are in the power of the tongue. God says, the book says, the Word of God says, that when you speak words, those words go out of your mouth with power. They are creating or destroying. They're making beautiful or making something filthy and ugly. Words are powerful. Emoto was not the only one. Andrew Newberg, a medical doctor, a scientist, said these words. I copied this right out of his writings. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can change your brain. In his book, Words Can Change Your Brain, he says words can literally change your brain. And I copied this out of his book. A single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Positive words such as peace and love can alter the expression of genes, strengthening areas in our frontal lobes and promoting the brain's cognitive functioning. They propel the motivational centers of the brain into action. You see, friends, we've always thought, and it is true, that the brain controls your words. But now science is beginning to, to just dabble in the research that it also works the other way. That your words control your brain. And that's pretty significant. You see, the words you and I speak, according to this doctor, if you, if you read his material, he believed that the words you speak Alter the way your genetic DNA operates. That it begins to alter what's going on at a molecular level in your head and in your heart. We've got one scientist who says it changes the, the basic elements of water. We've got another one that's saying it changes the basic elements of your brain. But more important than that, we have the Word of God that just keeps telling us how important words are. It teaches us how important our words are. It demonstrates how important the words are. Well, 
One article I read, and this is, this is just, if you want to take something home with you, this is a good one. Speak life, because your life depends on it. I believe that, with all my heart. And I just got to ask you this morning, don't you love it when science catches up with God? You see, from the beginning, God's been saying it. God's been telling us all along, there's power in your words. And friends, we can ignore God and pay the price, or we can believe God and reap the rewards. Now back to the Bible. Why do you think the Bible would be full of these positive confessions of faith? Why do you think the Bible would tell us that with our words, we can produce death or we can produce life? Why do you think the Bible would tell us, make sure that no corrupt communication proceeds out of your mouth? Why would the Bible... Tell us to make sure that all the words we speak are edifying and encouraging, lifting others up around us. Why? Because words make all the difference in the world. Words. Words make all the difference in the world. If you want to change your world, change your words. By the way, if you want something to put on Facebook today, try that one out. If you want to change your world, change your words. And if you want to go beyond that, say right after you change your words, you might want to change some of your pictures. I actually know some professing Christians that I think we should get up a collection of money and pay them to get off Facebook. They're bad advertisement for the family. Yeah. Change. If you want to change your world, change your word. Listen to me, friends. You're about to hear something that's so profound, it goes back to the very basic teachings of God's word. If you want to change your marriage, change your words. If you want to change your children, change your words. If you want to change your church, change your words. If you want to change the way things are going on at work, change your words. It will apply to any place in your life. If you want to change your world, change your words. Every now and then I run into somebody and they will make this statement. They will say, I'm just the kind of person I say whatever I think. You know what that person's saying? I'm a dangerous person and you need to stay away from me. By the way, when somebody says that to you, I'm just the kind of person, I say whatever I think, run. Run. Because I'm about 65% water and I don't want... I don't want the molecular structure of my water responding to their stupidity. That was not in my notes. <laughs> so I want to I give you at least an idea about putting together a list. And I think you should call this list the never again list. So if you're, if you're writing, you can call this my never again list. These are things I will never again say. 
Now, I'm going to probably go too fast for you to write all these down. But at least, you know, you can get a copy or I can give it to you later. Things I'll never do again. For instance, never again will I say, I can't do something God wants me to do. Because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4.13 Never again will I say, I don't have what I need. Because my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 Never again will I confess fear. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 Never again will I say, I don't have faith. Because God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Romans 12.3 Never again will my words agree with the enemy when he tells me I'm weak and pitiful. Because the Lord is the strength of my life. Psalm 27.1 Never again will I confess Satan's rule and control over my life because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 1 John 4.4 4. Never again will I confess defeat because God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus my Lord, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Never again will I say, never, never again will I say, I'm just not smart enough and wise enough. Because God says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. James 1.5. Never again! Well, are you liking this? This is good stuff, isn't it? Never again will I confess that sickness controls my life because by His stripes I have been healed. Isaiah 53, 5. Never again will I confess worry and frustration because I'm casting all of my cares upon Him because He cares for me. 1 Peter 5, 7. Never again will I confess bondage and slavery to the things of this world. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Never again out of this mouth will I confess condemnation because there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, Romans 8.1. Never again will I confess loneliness because I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother, Proverbs 18.24. Never again will I say something so silly as I just have the worst luck in the world. Because I have all the promises of God which are in Him, yea, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 And never again will I confess discontentment because I've learned in whatsoever state I find myself to be content. Philippians 4.11 And oh, some of you need this one. Some of you need this one. 
Never again will my words agree with the enemy when he tells me I'm unworthy and I'm unrighteous because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Oh, friends. When did the devil trick us into saying all of this negative stuff when the Bible just gives us this positive Word of God that we need to be confessing. Now, I know all the arguments. I've heard them. I've even used them. Pastor, great message. But what if I do feel lonely? What if, what if I do feel weak? What if I am sick? What if I am struggling? Well, then, friends, you have a choice. You have a choice. You really do. Here's your choice. You can agree with your feelings. And you can confess those feelings. And you can confirm those feelings. Or you can do something that will stretch you a little bit. You can make a positive confession of faith that lines up with God's Word, even if you don't feel that way. I can tell you, there's something powerful about lining up with God's Word and saying what God's Word says. You see, you can either agree with how you feel, or you can agree with what God says. And can I tell you that faith always agrees with what God says. It never agrees with how you feel. It always agrees with what God says. And I, for one, believe that when you start speaking the good and pure and powerful and holy words of God, and your words start lining up with the Word of God, it changes things. Oh, it may be ever so slight to begin with, but something's happening down on a molecular uh, level that's beginning to change the makeup of who you are. I want to tell you, go through a day and speak nothing but the good, pure, holy words of God and you'll begin to feel different. It'll make a difference. Oh, I, 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 want us, I want us to be shining lights and examples in this community. I want us to tell the good news everywhere. But friends, I want you to know that, that bitter and sweet can't come out of the same mouth. We are the representatives of a holy God. And God wants you to be holy and healthy. But you have to clean up your words. You have to clean up your words. You see, God wants us to make these positive Confessions of faith. Alright. The last thing I told you I'd do is I want to make a positive confession of faith over you. So by the way, unless you put your fingers in your ears, you're actually going to hear what I'm about to say. And you don't get to choose whether it affects you or not, right? Alright, really. Really, listen, when you're in a room, think about this, you're in a room and somebody comes in just spewing vulgarity or, or hatred or something that's ugly. You may not like it, but it affects you, doesn't it? it, it you want to you get out of there. And, and so, you're going to hear something good right now. And I can give you a copy of this later. I don't think we have this to put on the screen. Are you ready? Are you listening? 
I bless you with great confidence today. I bless you with courage and conviction. You know and love the one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. His Son is your personal Savior and you have repented of every sin. If not, then you'll want to do it before you leave this morning. No enemy can defeat you. No obstacle can stop you. No problem can overwhelm you. No sickness can take you. No man can intimidate you. No prison can hold you. No seduction can steal your heart. You are a soldier in the army of God. God made you for warfare and conquest. He will strengthen you. He will help you. He will uphold you with His righteous right hand. By the power of your God and the confession of your mouth, you will walk in victory this day and in the days to come. I bless you in the wonderful and holy name of Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.